Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Tech Cat Show. We're actually trying a new platform today, and so you all get to witness it. We're broadcasting live on YouTube, on Facebook, and out on Voice America. And I can't think of a better way to test an emerging platform than to have on some guests in a company that is doing such great cutting-edge work um, in virtual reality and in immersive entertainment. So I want to bring on my guests right now, and that is the fabulous Kim Adams and Max Planck, who are the co-founders of Adventure Lab. And up on the screen, you're also seeing Voice America Business. We're going out um, on their podcast network, um, so that's what you're seeing up there. But um, let's first have Max and Kim introduce themselves, and welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Lori. Thanks for having us. So um, why don't we start, um, Max, why don't you do a little intro and then Kim, I know you guys met in a fun way and you're co-founders of Adventure Lab and I got to do Adventure Lab last week and I'm still thinking about it. It was so much fun and it's this like wild combination. I felt like I was in a location-based experience, but I wasn't. I was in my little gym. Um, so So it's a virtual reality game but it's also an escape room and it's just so many different things but let's let's step back and have you guys introduce yourselves and give us a little sense of of your world and meanwhile i'll be playing around with some of the different resolutions here in Streamyard. (laughs) so so go ahead Uh, yeah it was uh, it was really fun to watch i know you were playing it with kim uh last week it was fun to watch you guys in there uh, so, I, you know, this idea for uh, a, a live hosted adventure platform uh, came to, to me while we were working at Oculus Story Studio. And so uh, uh, I, I, let me back up a, a little bit. Uh, Kim and I both come from uh, the visual effects, computer animation world. I worked at Pixar for 10 years and Kim worked there for six years. Uh, she can speak to how much of a badass she is. Uh, unfortunately we didn't actually get to work together at pixar i was in the feature division while she was building a a whole new division at pixar and uh uh, so you know our heart is in making content and making experiences that friends and family can love i left pixar in 2014 because i was looking for that next leap forward in entertainment i would hear stories of the early days at pixar back in the 1980s and I wished for that. I was lucky enough to be there during the golden days of Pixar. And so I was like, what, what is that for our generation? What is that hard problem that is using technology to create something magical? And that's why I fell in love with, with virtual reality. And the first idea we had was, what if we could put our audience into an experience like what we were making at Pixar? Let's create a story, a narrative that we put our audience into and make them feel immersed. Uh, And that's where I started Oculus Story Studio with Edward Sachi and Sashka Unseld. It was during my time there, uh, well, I I should say that's that's where Kim and I actually started meeting together. About a year and a half into Story Studio, we realized that we needed a grown-up to come in (laughs) and and help us uh, to to know how to scale a team. And that's where Kim came in and just saved our butt. And we, we developed a really strong relationship there. It was also during that time that I was beginning to think, I love what we're doing. I love that we're kind of this lighthouse effect for what a narrative could look like. But I was realizing that VR is better when you do it with others and when there's something to do when you're the hero. And so at the same time, I got really into escape rooms. Uh, We were studying immersive theater at the time. And I'm a big Dungeons and Dragons nerd. Uh, I love role-playing games. I've been dungeon mastering a game now for a group of my friends who are with us at Story Studio. And I was realizing, I was like, there needs to be something where we all come together and have this adventure. And I think it would be most magical if there was, there was something like that clue master in an escape room or a dungeon master in Dungeons and & Dragons. And so that was the seed of this idea. And, and Kim, tell us your story. 
Yeah, so I come from entertainment as well as Max said. I was a visual effects producer in LA for, for a while before I moved up and worked at Pixar where I was a producer for five years of short form content. So I helped to create uh, a new division there for short films that focused on the um, ancillary content. So um, specifically Toy Story and Cars. Uh, so produced 13 short films there and helped to develop a couple of TV specials, worked with eight new directors, um, helped uh, start Pixar Canada and was working with both of those teams about 100 and up to 130 folks or so across those two countries. Um, and it was amazing. And um, but coming from traditional uh, VFX pipeline, animation pipeline, those are you know tried and true workflows and pipelines. We know kind of what levers to pull, what, how to plan for that. I mean, it's always interesting with the new creative content. But I became really intrigued by what um, Google Spotlight Stories was doing at the time, yeah. which was um, branching storylines in VR, bringing in traditional directors, and saying like, what what would you do if the viewer could look wherever and the viewer could be inside the story, what would you do? And that to me was so mind blowing. Um, and Glenn Keane at that point was finishing up the short film called Duet, which was just, just made me completely fall in love and say, okay, I have to keep pulling that thread and see where this is gonna lead. Um, Cause as much as I've always loved working with artists, that's my passion. I realized that I, I loved working with brilliant engineers just as much. Um, and to be involved in a, a dialogue between those two teams, inspiring each other and cracking problems and coming up with stuff that nobody's ever seen before is really exciting. So um, after a couple of years at Spotlight Stories, I went over to Oculus Story Studios, Max said, joined up with them as the head of production there and executive producer, um, worked on projects like Wolves in the Walls, which was awesome. And um, when that studio closed, I went over to Facebook and uh, helped to create a, a creative tech team on Portal, developing a new way to tell stories in AR. So that was um, really fun also. But at that point, Max and I started, sorry for the dog barking. <laughs> uh, Max and I started uh, brainstorming, going to lunch and saying, okay, when's, when's the right time to get back into VR? Um, and we're also really watching the market at that point and noticing the trend and uh, there was, uh, the, sorry, two dogs now. <laughs> uh, okay, we're gonna be done, sorry. No worries. Um, watching the trend of, you know, immersive theaters, uh, uh, escape rooms, um, noticing that next gen is very much the experienced generation and everyone's wanting to do things together in the most immersive way possible. And so looking at that and also the trend, YouTube influencers, TikTok influencers, how they're having this new platform um, with followers and like all of these things merging together with what we knew about, um, you know, or what we felt was going to be a game changer with the Oculus Quest coming out and realizing like all these things were converging and making it the right time for this really wacky idea that Max had about live hosted VR adventures and an event-based system that no one had ever done before. So it, it, that really intrigued me. It took you a, a little bit to, to win you over. It was like, yeah, yeah, it took a while. We had a lot, a lot of conversations, um, which we still do about what, what's gonna work and what's not. And, you know, uh, we, yeah, we think I, that what we have here is, is pretty fun. And it was really fun playing with you the other day. Yeah, I was, um, I was, uh, because I'm a former improviser, I was uh, torturing your, uh, your actor host, because um, <laughs> I couldn't help myself. But this is what I, I loved about it. So right now, we're, we've been all sheltered at home for the last three or four months. And a lot of our colleagues who worked in location based services, where you go like the void or dreamscape, and you go and you have this fantastic experience, where they physically build out a set, yeah. you put on a VR headset, and you have this great experience and I you know I've taken my 10 year old a few times and she absolutely loves it and that space was set to explode and then corona hits and all of those places are on pause right now um, hoping they are able to survive and come out of it but you have all these great things that are happening in that space where you submerge yourself physically and visually in this new world so I, I was so blown away by how your experience, I'm in my, and I kept telling this to Kim because that day, for whatever the reason, my Wi-Fi was having issues. So I have the Oculus headset on and I'm in my little gym and I kept being pulled back out into my gym 
um, from your world because my Wi-Fi was crapping out on me, which it never does. But just on that day, it did. But what was so interesting was I really thought I had shown up at this cool space <laughs> and had entered this environment and was talking to this wacky robot and we'll get into the the story in a moment but and i and then i would get sucked into being back at the gym and i would be like what is going on and i have to tell you it was an extraordinary moment for me because i realized what you've accomplished right um, like oh, you have you. you have taken us in our sheltered at home environment and you have given us the best world of location based experiences with never leaving our house um you know be because, I mean, and there's some moments where I stepped out of my safety circle, you know, because I was in a smaller guardian um, f through Oculus Quest because um, I didn't have a lot of space. But next time I do it, I definitely will give myself a bigger <laughs> guardian. <laughs> and the guardian, of course, for those of you that don't know, when you put on a VR headset, the system lets you set a protective wall so you don't bang into things. And you set that wall. So I had a small wall. So I kept falling out of it just because of my own whatever. But um, I just thought it was absolutely fascinating how what an immersive world you created. Um, and Adventure Lab being a perfect name for it. So your first adventure for Adventure Lab is called Dr. Crumb's School for Disobedient Pets. So Nailed when it. I, sh yeah, so when I show, I, I read it. <laughs> so, yeah. so when I, I showed up, I was a bunny, I was a kitty cat. I chose kitty yep. cat as my character. And so I was kitty cat and I could see myself and I could move my arms. I don't have any sensors on my feet, so my feet weren't reacting, but I could move my arms and see what my arms were doing. And I'm just gonna um, cut to you a, just an image of this environment there, um, which was a mind blow. And you enter this world and it's like a, a you know, a chamber. Um, and I'll just move around for a second. These are what the characters look like. So I was actually the purple cat in our adventure. Um, and Kim, you were the, the pink bunny rabbit, right? Yeah, I think it was the bunny. You were the bunny, um, and then, you, you know, you you move around, you you enter, and you get teleported, um, you know, like by stepping on a device. So everything, nothing feels like also um, just showing up. The narrative actually has you step onto this thing and get transported, and you feel all of those experiences. So there's nothing like really awkward about it. And there's a sort of shot of one of the 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 heat the frozen the freezing robot the robot yeah. that freezes you um, but and but anyway these are just some some examples of the shots but tell us about the idea for this first first world cuz the goal of this adventure was for Kim and I to get through these different things to get out basically and we were being chased by sort of an evil robot um, so it was it was totally fascinating um, yeah. but and it was an actor, so he was responding to yeah, us, yeah. which was so great because it wasn't a bot. Um, and there was a couple of different actors in it that were engaging with it. It was so much fun. So tell us, tell us about how you came up with the idea for your first story. Yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just do something quick. And Kim, you can talk about how we worked with the writer to get there. You know, the, the, the first inspiration for what we were doing was to take what escape rooms are doing, this idea that you have a certain amount of time to get through puzzles and it's a cooperative adventure so you and your friends are working together to beat the clock and so we wanted this host the the performer to play both the role of your clue master someone who's helping you and so that is chief who is a member of the VIA the virtual investigations agency and that's he's the one who gives you your mission briefing tells you what you're doing and while you're in the adventure you can ask chief for clues and we also wanted to explore what would it be like if the performer was kind of like the dungeon master. And so that's where the host plays both Chief and Dr. Crumb. And Dr. Crumb is there for character building moments and antagonism and a little bit of sarcasm. And so that's, we knew we wanted a story that could play both of those roles. Yeah, I lo I loved that. And I loved, um, and I, you know, Kim and I were interacting, so that was really fun. And so I totally see this as something really fun that you can do with friends, where we each play one of those characters. Um, and I can just go back to a shot of the characters, um, where we each play one of these characters. And we were like having a ball, um, just interacting um, with each other. So, and each of us could hear each other too. So you're in, you're in this world, you're hearing each other. And then the character, of course, that you created is, um, sorry, I'm playing around with the screens here. And you could, um, you can interact. So. I, um, I, I guess I have a lot of questions. Did you start with the script first, um, but at the same time, you're aware of what the technology can do? 
but yeah, how did how did you b- begin this? Yeah, it's it's sort of like where do you begin, right? What for me, you always yeah. begin with story. Um, so we hired an incredible interactive writer, Kurt Fry, who actually has a, a history of working with uh, theme parks. So we're like, this is a very guest-oriented, interactive experience. Um, he's written a bunch of narrative, narrative experiences that work in that environment. So he was fantastic and helped us really dig into this idea of Dr. Crumb and his world and who are you in the world. And um, But after a while, we got to a certain point and realized that we didn't know where we were with the tech. We didn't know what the interactions and the games were going to be. Initially, we were much more game-oriented, where it was going to be little mini games that you could do. Um, and replay over and over again. And we realized that that's um, not as interesting to us as this escape room idea, where it's more cooperative and more talking. Um, And we really wanted to, through the process of developing and prototyping and testing over and over and over, and we have amazing friends and family and colleagues that have tested for us telling us what feels intuitive and easy to do mechanics-wise, which Max and the engineers really refined, as well as like what's engaging how much is too much story, right? Because you're in there, as Max said, you want to do something. You have your hand, yeah, you're yeah. ready to go. Um, so we knew that too much story, like people, they just don't, it doesn't register unless you onboard in a specific, very thoughtful way. And then you got to let people play. In fact, sometimes when the host comes in too much and is talking to you too much, if you're puzzle solving against a clock with your friends, you're like, why are you talking to me? Like, <laughs> we're working here. Yeah. You know? um, so it's really about finding what is the right balance there and so it was is very much a back and forth like i was talking about before with artists inspiring tech and tech inspiring artists um and once we it really clicked for us like oh okay we need to move away from the mini games and and really um dive further into the escape rooms and immersive theater that's when we also pulled in janine willett from third rail project she's one of the co-founders of third rail and uh she flew up from new york um we had Alethea Avermas there at the brainstorm. We had this team of, of really creative folks and sort of like, where do we go next? We had this really interesting demo, but it wasn't quite there yet. So, and that's when we really locked it down. And at the end of the day, I was like, this is an amazing plan. How do we execute this? Um, and Janine said, I'll write it. So she went home and she wrote it and, you know, we workshopped it um, back and forth working, you know, with the engineers are sort of like, is this possible? Is that possible? And um, we locked in on on this particular script for the first episode. And actually, Janine's already written the second episode. So huh. we'll go even deeper into Dr. Crumb's world. There's so much more to learn about him and his evil plan and why he's so demented. well and i i really enjoyed the interaction with him too and you're right i think you guys have a really good formula of like how much you just get to be entertained by this character and sort of absorbing that you're in this full world and there's this like floating robot-y thing and he's really funny you know he's sarcastic and funny and um you know stereotypically evil but 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 like fun and so you're inside of this adventure that you're used to watching in tv so and then then you're forced to act too so it was this nice combination of i got to be a viewer and then i also got to um engage too but and i and i loved messing with him like talking to him and having him respond so so uh how do you figure out the actors for this like what's the how do you know how much is going to be actor and how much is just going to be the scene like how do you find that balance yeah well we were lucky enough to to meet jasper patterson early on in our development process and he um had founded a a vr studio and is an immersive theater actor specifically um having a deep history in vr so he was like the perfect immersive performer for us to test this with. And so from the beginning, he would be doing demo, running demos for us, giving us suggestions, um, telling us from the per- performer's point of view what felt right and what felt stiff and what was needed uh, tools wise. Um, and throughout that process, we were able to, and then when Janine came in, we were able to to lock into a script. So now we have a script, uh, and some of that's based on stuff that just happened through Jasper's improv yeah. in the room or another, uh, you know, Max that's also so used cool. to do demos. If Max did a demo yeah. and somebody said something funny that worked, like the evil laugh thing that we won't talk too much about, but is one of the most fun moments that came out of an improv that Jasper did. 
Um, so the performer does get a script. Um, they don't have to stick to everything in the script. There are some things bolded in the script that are required in order for the guests to know, you know, what's what is this world? Who am I in this world? What's expected of me? Um, and what time frames, right? You have to, we have to set you up for a certain amount of success by making sure that you're listening in that mission briefing to what's happening. Very similar to how they onboard and something like the void, right? You get a video though. Here we right. have a live performer telling you and showing you images, like here's the deal, right? Right, um, right. And then setting you up. And so, um, and then after that, they really are encouraged to improv. And we have three hosts right now that are trained up and they all have their own sort of take and personalities on things, different kinds of accents that they do. So they all play with it. Um, and that's really the idea is that we're building not just the content, but we're building a platform for performers. So a new marketplace, like a virtual marketplace for a new performance gig economy. I know. I, that's the other thing that I love, too, because I have a history of, of improv, um, which some people do do hold against me. But I have a history of improv. And so I have all these uh, improv actor friends. And I was sitting there going, oh, my God, this is like a whole new world of, of content and content opportunities. Um, I mean, it just it just really blew me away how you've combined all all of these trends. So give us a sense of now the business model behind this. You you have it you have it rock and rolling. I know you can log on similar to Dreamscape in the Void, where you go on and you see the schedule, um, and then you know you can do it. Um, oh, Max went away for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe he's bringing back the business model. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> but um, you you um, you know you're you have a schedule that you can sign up for, and and I think you're charging fees now for that. So give us a sense of like what the model for this is, because I and I definitely want to take my daughter because she absolutely loves Dreamscape. Oh, and, we love you know, kids in it. Kids just get yeah. it immediately, and they I, it's it's actually one of my favorite moments is watching Kim's daughter Abby do the experience, she was play testing it. And she began to talk with the host, actually giving him instruction of like, hey, could you remember this thing for me and tell me uh, later? Or hey, could you could you help over here? Just yeah, to, yeah. to hop in and they, they start role playing naturally. Uh, and so we're- Of course we're, my daughter was delegating, right? Yes, okay. Right, okay. I, I, yeah, I, lo I love that. I know my, my, ki my kid would just love this. And considering that like, if you get an Oculus Quest, which Pre-COVID was like 500. Now they're a little harder to find because we all got so caught off guard by this. But it's not that much of an investment for continuous, you know, entertainment in that way. And then jumping on and, you know, eventually you're going to have multiple adventures running, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, um, so so, so how, how are you marketing this? What's the plan for really rolling this out big? Yeah, the, the idea is that we, we think that this idea of live hosted adventure is, is magical. We're already seeing that just having someone in in this world that's fantastic that you you can only be in VR. Uh, there's something powerful about this, and we we think that we can make many different types of adventures where a host could play a role. And so we're starting with something that's very much inspired with escape rooms. We have ideas about adventures where it's about exploration, uh, where it's about uh, ad adventure in all the different forms, game shows possibly tourism. Uh, and so what we want to do is prove that this is something that people love, do all the hard work to actually build the technology to broker relationships between hosts and our guests, and build a destination with lots of different adventure options. Hmm. And so we become this digital space where people spend their time uh, and that spend their time enough that they're like, hey, this is every month I get together with my friends and family to do a new adventure. And maybe it's with different hosts or maybe it's with our favorite host because we love him or her. Uh, and so that's important for us is that the hosts are a big part of the platform. We want them to get comfortable, native, and actually get really good at it so that people follow them, that huh. they, they become super hosts. Oh, wow. So that they develop a fan base um, as well. You know, it's so interesting, just a, a non sequitur, but I've been doing um, uh, super Supernatural on Quest VR, which yeah. is a, a exercise with the yeah. fit, fit, fitness people actually, you know, co coaching you. And one of the coaches I've, I've started just always picking his, his workouts because I just love you know, doing it with him. So I've started like tweeting about him and I'm like, oh my God, I'm a fan 
of a fitness trainer on a VR fitness app. This is, this is welcome to the future. Yeah, yeah exactly. But that, yeah. that that's pre-recorded, right? It's it's a beautiful yeah. uh, presentation, yes. a pre-recorded yes. workout. Yeah. And for us, we think that there's enough value. It's almost like there's an accountability of if there's actually another person in the world yeah. with me at the same time and giving encouragement that it creates this opportunity and it, it, there's a feeling of like, this is mine. This is my unique experience. It's personalized to me. And that's, that's the, the cool thing we're finding is people are saying, I've had VR for three years now and I've got a group of friends that all bought the Quest and we are, we've been planning to do something social where we hop into alt space or VR chat or rec room, and it just never came together. They were, they're busy people, and they just never found the time. But to say, hey, guys, I, I signed up for this adventure that's at this particular time, and when we show up, there's going to be someone there to make sure we have a good time that's going to host us. That's what's really exciting for us. And suddenly these groups are coming together because the, that, that opportunity for playing and being guided creates that excuse. It's like, hey guys, we're, we're doing this. And, it's, and as you said, I think that's what makes it feel like location-based. Because you, whenever you go to the Void or Sandbox VR or Dreamscape, you, you have to plan and go and put it on your calendar. Yeah, yeah, it's a thing. It's yeah. a, we are going to go do this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it's not as casual as just going, oh, I think I'll go right. into VR chat right now or whatever. And I, I think I told, I told you, Kim, that uh, just going back to these characters, like what I loved about this too was when I have tried, and I'm a little lame on this, but when I try and go into alt space or VR chat or any of these, and you're, you're sort of this weird avatar, and then you could design your own avatar, and I never quite know who I am or how weird I look. Um, it, I'm not connected physically to this avatar that I'm being in those apps and this mm -hmm. i just was like i understood because you let me see my character right away and you also let let me see that i'm in control of the character and also they're normal looking for animated furry creatures <laughs> <laughs> so so that i didn't feel disconnected like i actually felt like i was in this character and it felt it wasn't weird it, it matched the situation you know i wasn't aware of uh being in a weird VR chat situation it, it all like and I wasn't floating above the floor or sitting in a chair that I was lower than there weren't any of those modalities that were still a little challenged with in in a lot of these social apps in VR this was just really clean you know the experience wow. was really clean I mean I'm not an investor or anything Kim and I know each other <laughs> a long time so I'm not sharing my love of this I'm just telling you as a, a strategist and someone that's looking at technology trends, you have a blend of a lot of trends happening in this at once that are all sort of hot right now, right? That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, all those mechanics and ease of use like that is all max, um, making sure that things feel intuitive. We want you to feel comfortable. We never want someone to be worried about, am I doing it wrong? Like, or awkward because you, we need to make sure that guests are comfortable from the moment they come in. Um, it needs to be a very friendly welcome by the host. Um, you need to be onboarded in a, in a fun way, encouraging way. Um, we want everyone to have a good experience. And, and yeah, some of the other social platforms and VR can be a little bit, I think in particular for women can get a little bit toxic. So I think the hosted nature of this also makes it feel uh, great, especially for we've had women say like, wow, I've never felt so safe in VR before. Like, and, and again, women also saying like, I totally forgot where I was, which to me yes. is the same thing. Like you yeah. feel safe enough where you can forget where you are because um, it feels good and fun. Um, and even though the host is interacting with you, it never feels, never feels sketchy at all. It's, it's just all, all fun. I, I, yeah. I did want to say that, Kim, you, you did help a lot. It wasn't just the uh, me with the engineers. You know, it was very important from the beginning that we were making something that was intuitive for, for, uh, for you and for, for everyone. You know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a big nerd. I'm a VR nerd. And right. so, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make something that is like, oh, I get to use all the buttons and all these cool gadgets then it's going to be super intimidating and, and hard. To right. Do. I'm like the other side of the scale where I'm like, I don't get it. It needs to be easy yeah. enough for me to use. So we're kind of like where everything in between that range is, is covered. Well, it's, right. yeah. I love it. 
Well, I was going to say, do you guys see um, new roles being born because of this platform? So we're starting to see, I'm doing a lot of work in virtual events right now. Hmm. So I see new virtual event roles happening. And even yeah. as we move into hybrid, where you'll have virtual event manager or whatever, things that were never conceived before. So this is a new, you know, yeah. platform, basically, do you see new roles coming out of this? Like, and people have to, like you, Kim and Max, you have a language, but this is really tech and story coming together in such a fantastic way. So what kind of new roles and skills do you see people needing to jump in here? Yeah, it's a really interesting mashup. I mean, also the immersive theater aspect of it, you know, um, like we have, we have a traditional writer. We also have an immersive theater director and writer, um, engineers we have different tech roles right there's uh roles for tech folks to sort of oversee the guest it's very um we're looking for a couple of folks right now and, it, and it's interesting because i i didn't realize how focused i would be on customer service experience mm. um but this is all about making sure people have a, a safe wonderful delightful time even if they don't solve all the puzzles we want them to leave feeling like wow that was really worth the money i spent and really a fun thing and i want to do it again um, so very, all, our whole team is really customer service focused, guest focused. That's interesting. Cause your engineer that you connected me with, um, just in case I was having problems, I Chris, thought it was, yeah. it was, it was really polite. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I thought, and I thought, well, he doesn't feel engineery to me when he was talking to me, because he was just, he was like, you know, he had good social skills for the. It was just a small exchange, but that's an interesting point because you're dealing with customers. They're buying tickets. They're right. entering a world. They're they need to feel comfortable. Um, and I did. You're absolutely right. I didn't feel weird at all in your experience, and I have in some of those social VR um, worlds. But also, I'm always going to know who's in my group with me, or do you envision right. different people will mix together in this? Like, is it always going to be people that know each other, or are you mixing people that don't know each other right now? Right, right now, the experience is its best when people know each other. The, the way you sign up for a show time is that you're the team leader. You say, I, I would love to gather a group uh, at this particular time, and you buy that slot, and then you assemble your team. We're finding that that people coming together across distance, you know, it it warms our heart when some. I think was it last week, Kim, where we had two people in Australia mm -hmm. playing with two people in New York or San Francisco. Yeah, they're Something friends like that I hadn't seen in so long. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so great. This could be like a birthday party or things oh, yeah. like that. Totally. Um, and and how how long? I don't even remember. It was like forty five minute experience. The whole thing. About 40 minutes. Yeah, it depends how long we take an onboarding. Um, and hopefully everyone joins at the right time, right? Um, but never more than 45, 50 minutes on the long, long end, because the puzzles are timed, right? You have a certain amount of time to get through each um, challenge. And and do you in, have you felt I mean, it's early yet, but is that the right amount of time that people can handle? Like, did you play with how long can this be before I want to do it or don't want to do it or whatever that is? We, we uh, at first we had something that was on a little bit over an hour. Uh, just we were, had a little bit more puzzle solving and the puzzles were, were difficult. Uh, and, and we realized that uh, at about an hour, uh, some people, especially new to VR, uh, are exhausted by it. Yeah, yeah. And so 40 minutes that, we also just want to make it work for our business model. If we make an experience that's two hours long, we're gonna have to charge a certain amount to justify that cost for the performer. So we knew that we right. were aiming for about an hour long. Again, we were inspired by escape rooms. But we found actually to make it short and sweet, instead of having puzzles that feel a little longer, that 40 minutes felt like people were like, that was satisfying. It felt like an hour, but I'm not as exhausted. Uh, and that and it works well because it gives time for the performers to warm up, a little bit of time to rest in between shows. And so that's that's where we're at right now. I, we're, we, we keep continue to learn. Our customers tell us like, hey, I'd like it to be more like an hour, but they tend to be a little bit more VR experienced or are more escape room enthusiasts. So we're figuring it out, but right now our customers are saying 40 minutes is a sweet spot. Uh, you really do have to juggle a lot of things here because you're dealing with live talent. So yep. you're, you're also adding that. Now, what about, there, there is still the challenge of distribution of headsets for VR. So do you envision that you will also become a location-based experience as well, where people can come and just 
get the headset and do the experience or are you always going to stay this model? Um, because we're still not at, you know, massive distribution. We're getting there, but there still is that, do I have a VR headset? You know, yes. that kind of thing. So what, what's your what's your thinking on on that piece? There, right now, there's about 10 to 15 million headsets out there. Uh, and so that's not, that's not big enough for where we think this, this idea can, uh, can really be as, as powerful as we want it to be. We do think that VR headsets are growing, and by 2023, there's going to be a lot of headsets out there. I, we, we, we had it on a roadmap to say we'd love to be in location-based as well as the home. Uh, and we made a decision earlier this year, uh, especially timed around when the pandemic started, that we were just going to focus on the home. That we think that the uh, finding a way to have people come together when they can't actually physically be together is, is the real problem we want to solve. You know, the, if, if anything, as, as the number of headsets grow out there, uh, we're getting feedback from our customers that they're saying, I would love to do this but I'm the only one I know who has VR. And I have a bunch right. of friends who I can think of who would love to do this. And so we want them to eventually buy VR, but it might take time and a few generations of the hardware to get there. So what we're thinking about is how are there ways where that person could play in VR with a host who's in VR, but the other friends could participate in another way, possibly by through a 2D screen, uh, so that they could watch the game and participate in the game uh, in, in a different way not fully immersed as the, the person who has VR, but there's at least a way that uh, connection can happen. Well, that's a great point. So are you recording each experience? I mean, is that something that eventually you'll say, okay, and here's your adventure, $25, you know, whatever. <laughs> like instead of the picture of me getting wet by the roller coaster, <laughs> am, am, I, am I gonna get this 45 minute experience as a, as a YouTube video or something? I mean, is that part of, you know, what you're talking about? Right now, you don't get the whole experience, but you get a highlights reel. So the reel that we watched in the experience at the right. end, you, right, you hopefully right. you got that email, which is before yeah. you even have your headset off, you have an email with your highlights video. And we're also going to have the ability to do selfies with Dr. Crum in there, um, which will be fun. That's awesome. <laughs> and do you, do you, I mean, I, ju I just thought of this, I'm sure you've already talked about this, but do you see giving this as a templated experience that other storytellers and VR creators can just basically plug and play? Like yeah, that's the idea. A, a yeah. platform. Okay. Right. So, part so of what eventually doing, you'll hand this off. Sorry. Yeah. Part of what we're doing, you know, how just how there's a, a formula for writing a script, it certainly doesn't guarantee that you're going to write a compelling script, but at least we know like, oh, the 10 minute incident happens. And at the end of the second act, this all has to be lost. And like all of these things that have worked over the years, like what is that for this new kind of medium? So part of what we're putting together is this, this blueprint uh, story adventure graph we're calling it like that includes things like onboarding and offboarding and getting comfortable with the tools and, and then it um, even has a part in the graph where how, how do we want people to feel uh, throughout the experience and are we delivering on that? So something for them, for other developers to map against other studios potentially. Um, so yeah, pretty quickly we're going to start partnering uh, with developers and then eventually with studios to get more content on the platform. I mean, ultimately, you'd be able to go on and see 100, 200, 300 different adventures with different hosts and say, oh, that host is doing this one. I love that host. Let's all do that um, and sign up for different showtimes. Well, wow, so you're really going to develop an army of uh, talent out there. There uh, is an army. We've done yeah. almost no recruiting right now, and I have a list of 40 really talented folks waiting to chat with us who are really interested in performing. So there are a lot of performers right. out there. I mean, and we want it to be, it's it's fairly easy uh, to learn, and we want it to be accessible for everybody. You know, the, the funny guy in your dorm room that, <laughs> that instead of game night every Friday night wants to host that, um, or uh, all the way up to celebrities, you know, you could see a Jack Black. Uh, oh my a, God! Yeah, hosted and and everybody in between, YouTubers, TikTok influencers. Um, we'll we'll definitely bring on some celebrity hosts as well along the way. Um, but there's a, a real wide range of folks out there who are really talented. And and do you see this also having a sort of? Um, I, I just thinking about a corporate retreat. Um, and you know, we all jump in. How many people could can be in your world right now? 
for for this first adventure, we have uh, up to four players. Uh, four four of our guests can hop in. Uh, we as we build out more and more adventures, we do want to have uh, the ability to have 10, 12, possibly 20, 40 guests at a time with a host. We don't want to grow too big. Uh, I think if we grow into the hundreds, we don't want to become the HQ trivia. We right, want right. to have a type of experience where people feel like there is an intimacy with the host. And I think once you hit to about 40, that's maybe an adventure that will be more like a game show experience yeah. or an exploration yeah. where a bunch of teams start at a place and then split up. Uh, but beyond that, we, you know, if, if we're going to make 100-person adventures, we're going to have to have multiple hosts. And so that will be a, a special kind of, of thing. We, we like right now that one host runs our adventure but takes on many different roles. And so one host is driving Dr. Crumb and Chief and we use voice modulation as well as uh, we have some talented hosts who can do some voice work. Uh, and so they, it, it feels like they're different characters. We, we love it when people hop out and be like, were there three people hosting? <laughs> right, right. When it did feel like that. It did feel like mm -hmm. that. I, I, I was actually surprised that it was the same actor. So and there's uh, actually one other character that is a secret that people can find that you didn't, I don't think you've, found that character but if you go back again yeah. you'll see we're playing around with the idea of uh, an immersive theater uh, thing that they do called one-on-ones where you you're swept into a room just one-on-one -on -one with a character and in this case the character actually reveals a clue to you that you can take back to help your team Wow. So, and so, are you, and you've mentioned immer immersive theater, and we've talked about this a lot on various shows that immersive theater is definitely an underbelly to VR, that directors who can work in, in that kind of theater do really well in VR. And that, that was sort of critical for you guys, right, to have that sort of thinking in this environment? Yeah, for sure. It's something that we actually learned at Story Studio when we were uh, on Wolves in the Walls, and we sort of hit a wall at one point and I think it was Sashka who had a relationship with Third Rail and said, I have an idea I think would be helpful. And we started talking to Janine, Zach and Tom and and they just completely got it and they completely helped reinvent the narrative. And then they actually helped uh, in the writing of the the final script, at least for the for the first episode. And I know they they helped with the other episodes as well. So it was a turning point for us. So it was natural for us to to think about Janine when we knew we were going to turn back in this direction. And, and, and just for everyone, tell, tell us who Third Rail is. Um, and Wolves in the Wall, by the way, if you haven't seen it or heard about it, won an Emmy last year um, for um, immersive media. And uh, I was happy to, to be involved in that, not in in this show. And not in determining the Emmy because it was a jury, <laughs> but just in being the governor that got to give it to you guys. But uh, it was such an amazing uh, VR experience and also had that very the theatrical vibe to it where you're interacting with an AI character, but really robust. Yeah. Um, so, so tell us about Third Rail because I think that's a really interesting piece in this puzzle. Yeah, Third Rail Projects has been doing immersive theater for a number of years, I think maybe even 12, 12 years. Uh, there's three co-founders and they have been running one experience called Then She Fell, which is loosely based uh, around the story of Alice in Wonderland, of, of the real Alice and Lewis Carroll. Um, and it's an incredible experience where there's only, I think, 12 audience members. Um, and you come on and it's, uh, you go through a series of rooms and the actors, uh, unlike Sleep No More, the actors speak directly to you and ask you to do different things. And it's just, I, I've, it was mind blowing for me, um, really changed the way I thought about story and what's possible. And yeah, super, super valuable when you're exploring a VR uh, immersive space. So, so what, what's next? Where, what, what should people be looking out for? Um, so many people don't know about you guys. So where can they learn more about you and what you're doing and all that kind of thing? They can go to our website. It's uh, adventurelab.fun. And you can book a show. Right now we're offering a launch special, 50% 50, 50 off your experience for you and your friends, up to three of your friends. Uh, to join you and check it out. It's it's different, it's fun, and it's something that um, thankfully it just really develop, uh, delivers on our mission, which has always been to connect people through play across distance. Um, and turns out that we ended up needing that way more than we thought we were going to need that yeah. in the beginning. Um, so we're delighted when we get to see people play and have fun and, and, and see each other in the virtual space and even hug each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Awesome. <laughs> you and I bumped. 
a couple That's of right. times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Ma Max and Kim, I'm um, just uh, just on what's happening in our world now. When we are allowed to be around each other again, will that impact what you're doing at all? I mean, besides being you guys being able to work more closely and your teams being in the same place together, is that going to change the nature of this experience? I you, we've been working on this since early 2019. Uh, just as Kim was saying, we saw this trend that especially Gen Z and young millennials are all hanging out digitally. It's just, you know, instead of on a Tuesday night uh, going into the city, uh, we want to have to give people this option that they can hang out virtually. So we saw this trend and we saw a need. I all my friends right now are having kids. And so I see them a lot less. You know, they have to arrange a babysitter. They have to. It's a lot of logistics to actually go out. But this idea of, wait a minute, I, we can do this thing that I just need to go into my bedroom or into my gym. And I, there's a feeling that I got to hang out with my friends for an hour. I think that's something we need in a pandemic or not. I think what the, <laughs> yeah. what the pandemic has done is, is it's taught us that we can hang out virtually and, and that there is some value in that. I, I, I would hope that people, uh, when we can get back together, people go to bars, people go to concerts, people go out and hang out together. But we think we're offering something for instead of just being alone on a Tuesday night, just browsing the web, you could do this. And it's a feeling of hanging out. And so we're, we're, we want to create more opportunities to connect. And we're also really clear that we don't actually want to create a metaverse where you spend hours and hours of your time in. We want to create special moments between you and your friends and family. So special shared shared experiences. So and those have a beginning, a middle and an end. Right. And then we want yeah. you to go back to real life. We're not we're not competing with real life at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, please compete with real life. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe now it might be a good thing. Yeah. Um, um, is there any just as a, a last question or two, and then I want you to give us your all your social media stuff. But um, is there any new tech coming out that you're most excited about for Ooh. your experiences you know, that are going to impact things? I mean, I noticed um, my quest was just playing around with, uh, you know, um, uh, yeah. Um, Hands-free, um, you know, getting rid of the uh, controllers. Yes. Uh, yes. So, so um, I, I actually like the controllers because of the haptic response, but uh, but I'm just curious: Are you guys keeping your eye ahead of any new tech that's going to impact your storytelling and what you're doing? Yes, uh, I, I I'm with you. I I think that the hands are a really neat concept, but I think it's difficult to teach mechanics. It's Grab doesn't feel the same in VR. So that's why our gadgets in Dr. Crumb are zany, right? We're putting yes. spring-loaded punch gloves in your hand and you just hit the trigger and they fire. So you, we, you don't have any example of that in the real world. So you're not going to say, oh, this doesn't feel right because it's completely new. So that's the direction we'd like to do is only have interaction mechanics that you can only do in VR. And that's why I like the haptics that you mentioned. Uh, I'm, I'm excited by... You know, I think the Quest is an amazing headset and will just keep getting better. Uh, there are, I, I, I hear rumors that other companies are coming out with standalone headsets. And so I, I, that's exciting that there will be a lot more options for people to buy out there. So I'm excited for headsets to get lighter to wear, uh, the cheaper so they're more accessible, uh, and uh, ba better battery life so that people can kind of just put them on and take them off. So I... I think VR is great where it is right now. I just think it needs to be a little cheaper, a little more comfortable. Uh, and then other, I, I'm, I'm excited about what's happening in the AR space, uh, wearable AR. I don't think it's quite there. I think it's maybe five or eight years away. But as, as I said, we, we want to make a way that people connect virtually with a live host. And we love VR for doing that. But if there's an amazing medium where we can create an AR adventure with a live host, across distance. Oh my God, that's cool. We yeah. will do that. All right, that's really cool. What about you, Kim? Any, any new tech coming up that you're the most yeah, excited about? Be, I'm just focused on the next version of Quest and other headsets that are lighter um, that I can wear for longer periods of time, um, getting that price point down even a little bit lower for folks uh, will be good. I'm focused on the headsets. I, I forgot to mention that Kim and I have known each other um, since you were a assistant editor an apprentice editor, or assistant. Yeah, a few uh, on, ago. Uh -huh. Yeah, on a on a movie Incredible. called called Kazam, um, where I was actually the 
assistant to Paul Michael Glazer, Starsky. So I feel like we've all come a long way. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, still so, working on magic. Still working on magic. So Ken Adams and Max Planck, I want to thank you so much. Dr. Crumb School for Disobedient Pets. You have to check it out if you have a headset. And it's it's under Adventure Lab. How, where can everyone find out more about you and, and sign up to, to try this out? They can check us out on Twitter. Our handle is uh, Adventure Lab Rat. Uh, we're also on Facebook, LinkedIn, and then the website is adventurelab.fun, and you can book a showtime there. That's great. I want to thank you guys so much. I'm going to say goodbye to you. Um, Thanks, Thank Thanks, you so Lori. much. Bye. And we're going to say goodbye. Okay, everybody. Well, I wanted to thank all of you for, for joining our first uh, our first StreamYard broadcast. I want to thank the fine folks at Voice America who are um engineering this right now and it's going out live on podcast on their network um, and also my colleagues at Black Shadow for turning me onto this platform for Mark Johnson for all the um, fantastic producing help and branding help um, and um, also just all of you for joining us um, here today so thanks a lot for joining me on the Tech Cat show and we will be back in a couple weeks with another great show looking at top trends in technology and uh, top trends across the board things that are impacting us especially during this stay at home time um, and also please be safe out there spread love and joy and not violence um, my heart goes out to everyone who's uh, been hurt at all at this time it's such a, a strange time in our country but we're um, we're all all hoping for great peace and um, and love and so thank you all again for joining and come back again on the Tech Cat Show. This is Lori H Schwartz, your Tech Cat, signing out for now. Thanks again, everybody. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 